0: Welcome to the Shelf Wormers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, our connections to the figures, and their relevance to bigger topics. I'm your co-host Darby, and tonight we're gonna to talk about self-inserts.
1: And I'm your co-host, Sugu. Join us tonight as we ride... play. <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
0: Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby And
1: I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight, we're going to talk about legacy characters. Darby, what is a legacy character?
0: <laughs> uh, well, it depends on who you ask, but <laughs> you asked me. So a uh, legacy character is in comic books is a character, a relatively new character who inherits the established mantle of an existing character. So let's say probably the most famous one in comics and media right now is Miles Morales, who is uh, Spider-Man. And he is the he emerged from the ultimate comic Spider-Man, uh, which is a set in a different universe from the main Marvel, we're already getting into nerd stuff main Marvel Comics universe of 616 and has sort of, along with Gwen, Spider-Gwen, have sort of emerged from the endless sea of variants which exist in the comics to sort of uh, equal, let's say. They're They're kinda up there with Peter now. So,
1: okay, so then legacy characters are meant to take on the mantle are they allowed to be their own character or do they have to be clones of the original?
0: Um, Sometimes they're (laughs) deliberate. Some, it depends sometimes, sometimes they, they're meant to be fill in sometimes literally back in the day, they were simply to, to occupy a copyright spot, right? Make sure we hold the copyright. And then sometimes they were simply contrast. John Walker, Captain America, was created simply to create as different a Captain America from Steve Rogers as you possibly could. Well, along Um, those
1: lines, then we're talking Azrael and Batman.
0: Azrael and Batman, another classic example. Maybe not classic, but, you know, another really good example. (laughs) batman has numerous legacy characters uh the most prominent of course being dick grayson nightwing who at times has been batman
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, himself in the comics Uh, and then as you get into the modern day here you have increasingly characters who are different not just in character but in ethnicity and gender and sexuality um things like that and that's where we get into miles and gwen and then uh shockingly that also leads into our most divisive uh discourse in comic books although not really if you go back and look at it
1: yeah because i mean i hear this as well and we're about to bring up the reason why we're talking about this tonight anyway but Mm. uh for our listeners our audience uh darby has shared with me uh this article about this comic book store owner who has a gripe about these new characters that are coming in or not even new characters that new writers are taking these characters into places that honestly he's not comfortable with other people taking them. Okay. But in addition to that, I've also heard from other people griping about comics as if like any new writer who changes a, a character's viewpoint is inherently wrong, bad, and all that. Like it's it's committing sins and destroying childhoods and every new writer has a responsibility to carry on the the mantle of the original, the thing that I grew up as liking as a child.
0: <laughs> yes. It's so it's complicated. Yeah. It's bound up in a lot of things. Uh comic book store owner, Comic Book Palace, a comic book store blew up and became this the biggest controversy in comic books in twenty twenty three, maybe in a while. Uh right for at the a tail lot of end,
1: too. Good job right them.
0: at the tail a lot of drama going on in comics slash publishing. Uh it's like I guess twenty twenty three saved all of it for the end. <laughs> it's comp it's complicated. Um he's the comic book palace owner specifically was talking about the self-insert and new writers today putting themselves into characters and not writing Steve. It's important to note that when in his he has a YouTube channel himself and that's where this clip and his conversation came from was his YouTube channel and his video. And um, he's, you know, and he said, you know, it's important to note that he didn't distinguish between Peter and Miles. He actually said, yeah, you
1: know, I, I caught that too. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, but okay.
0: So f- for him, it, it's important to note that he he doesn't have a criticism of um, Miles of legacy characters. His sort of thing. The, all the, but it's bound up in this because self-insert on a, in a, amongst a certain subset in uh, comics and publishing as well uh, is really a code word for woke Um, and you know self. what they mean by self insert sometimes is uh, comic books until just very recently had been written traditionally by white men um, and drawn by traditionally by white men and in the last 10 years that has changed dramatically yeah. Uh, changed dramatically and so you have substantial portion of uh the writers and artists at marvel and dc are people of color women of color uh etc and so what they mean by self-insert many times is well you're just putting yourself into it because you have put uh a, a brown woman or a gay guy or a lesbian into or whatever charlie jane anders writing new mutants put a trans character into New Mutants well that's just a self insert
1: right can I yeah. uh, clarify one thing real quickly before you go on um, these you were saying that it was the writers were mainly white men but the thing is comic writers have been the world over they've always been there but the ones that get the funding the ones that get the, the marketing those tend to be written by white men Is that Would you say that's correct?
0: Well, it's changed. The other part of this has changed. Up until
1: like 10, a decade ago, right? The reason I want to bring up this clarification as a separate point is because one of the things that I I often hear is minorities should make their own comic books instead of glomming onto existing property. Well, the problem is they do. Those have been around, but they've also been like, squashed or pushed down or not given enough funding or marketing. So I just want to keep that point available as well.
0: Yeah, it's part of it too. Um, and we can kind of dig into it more because the fact that other avenues exist for comic book creators and that overlap with things that we've been talking about on the pod as it relates to publishing, Kickstarter, et cetera, exist are a factor in this. Yeah. The unspoken thing with the comic book owner... The the unspoken part of that is that comic book stores are are really hurting right now. And they're hurting because the comic book uh, market has really deflated. So COVID 2021, the comic book market was at uh, really a 30-year peak. Okay. Um,
1: And that's because of the pandemic?
0: I think in part. And then because people were looking to it happened to me. I, I, you know, I was looking to just I was at home and then, you know, you're isolated and you're looking to connect to something. And so that led me to sort of reconnect with comic books, which I'd gotten a little bit away from. And it led to me getting back into Excalibur, one of my favorite comic books from when I was a kid. That led to me get back into comic book collecting uh, a little bit more aggressively than I had, been. never stopped buying comics. But I'd really I've had peaks and valleys in collecting, as we've talked about on the pod. You know that leads to things like buying a copy of Star Wars Forty Two uh, the other day, or like a couple weeks ago now, right, oh, yeah. right. At, right. Um, at uh, the comic book show, this is a great example of the, the state of the comic book market. This is a thousand dollar comic book. Mm-hmm. It was. One of the, This is the first appearance of Boba Fett, 1980. Uh, this is not a super high-grade copy. so But I got this comic book for $40. So for comic book owners and comic book vendors, who I know very well because I see them uh, at the shows, and actually I exhibit with them alongside them at the shows, this is yeah. sickening. This is sickening that Darby walked home with this book for $40. I can clean and press this book and submit it to CGC, and this is a $500 comic book again. But I'm not going to do that because I'm not that guy. Wait, I you just can wanted...
1: clean and press a book and, and get it back up to top shape? I didn't know oh, yeah. you could do that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's another episode maybe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this, this is a book that is, except for some things that will buff out, uh, that will press out, um, this is an exceptional comic. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. But that sort of the fact that these guys are super invested, the vendors are super invested in books that they overpaid for in the last two years, and are now worth half or less. The comic book shops are suffering from the fact that the traffic into the shops is not as much, Um, and maybe the content from comic book uh, the comic book companies is not as good as it has been in in recent years. That as always, that's that's been a conversation really from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's never been one hundred percent perfect. We just we just sort of remember it as being perfect because we grew up when we grew up and everything was perfect to us. So oh,
1: and also survivorship bias. I mean, yeah. I since I now in the digital age, I've been going back and reading some of the, like the really really old archives. Right, not every Fantastic Four is a is a banger. <laughs>
0: No, uh, we remember we remember all of this extremely fondly because some of it is all time classic. Some of it is foundational. Right. A lot of it isn't. Yeah, actually, most of it isn't. Yeah. X Men. Same thing with music too, by the
1: way. Like, yeah, you listen to actual radio from the day. There's some. There's some crap songs.
0: There's always been junk. There's always been junk, and there'll always yeah. be junk, and that that's that's okay. And there's junk right now. the The fact that there's junk right now isn't the reason why comic book shops are failing. The, the you know comic book shops are struggling because the prices for current comic books are now reaching ten dollars for a single floppy issue. Holy that people, crap! Really? That people just don't want to pay. If you're going to spend ten dollars on something new, you're probably okay spending forty dollars on a comic book that's forty years old. I'm really okay with it. I would rather do that, frankly, myself personally. Yeah. But I'm an old fuddy-duddy, right? So I buy a lot of new comics. Um, I got a pile of them downstairs on the uh, on the uh, dining room table. Yes, did I leave them there? I think I did. Um, that you know, I buy. I read a lot of new comics. We've talked about some of them on the pod. We did a whole episode about uh, indie comic books. Check it out. That are yep. a lot of a lot of great stuff going on right now in indie comic books. But so, so one of the pain points in this conversation that um, your man from Comic Palace brought up is that, is that, you know, well, there, there must be a reason. And then part of it is this self-inserts and people are, they're not writing Steve Rogers. They're not writing Peter the, the way that they used to. I just want to say, this is a complicated thing and there's a lot that goes into it. I would have appreciated in that diatribe and in actually any of the discourse that followed, because there was nothing but discourse that came out of this, any example of what you're actually talking about? Yeah. Can you cite a specific run, a specific writer that in which you feel like that 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 sort of they put themselves into it to the point where it wasn't Peter, it wasn't Steve, it wasn't Miles or anything like that. Because then we could talk about it, and I'd be happy to talk balls and strikes because there's plenty of people who write Batman. There's plenty of people who write Peter Parker that I personally feel like don't get it, right? And we can talk about that. Didn't you mention so,
1: the, 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 the guy who wrote One More a Day and the way he wrote Spider-Man?
0: It's Joe Quesada, yeah. So I disagree with like some of that stuff, and that's fine. We can disagree about it because Joe Quesada believes fundamentally That Peter and Mary Jane shouldn't be married and that him being married makes him old and makes him boring. I disagree with that, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people disagree with that. Some people don't. Some people think that Peter is Peter and he's the perpetual eternal teenager. Frustrations with that led to Miles Morales and having a young teenage Spider-Man who's different and new. Mm Mm-hmm so we can have and then so some of that pain and that pressure about arguing about peter and the status of peter all the time gets def, just gets diffused because now we can we now we have miles now we have gwen now we have millions of infinite spider variants but really miles and gwen right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's one purpose of legacy characters is to take the tension out of the conversations it's to appeal to new generations of readers because spoilers my fellow uh, Gen Xers, uh, there are people who came after us. There's actually <laughs> a couple. There are a couple generations that have come after us now, who want different things than us. Yeah. Have different tastes than us, and simply don't care that I read the Dark Phoenix saga on the newsstand. They don't give a fuck, well, right?
1: To that, we didn't care that the generation above us. Exactly. Read Fantastic Four, number 42 from the new standard, whatever it was, right? They don't care that, like, our generation doesn't care about the older generation either. So, like, (laughs) it's not, (laughs) it's not a big deal, right? Like, you, okay, you and I have talked several times about our own legacy characters, right? Like, um, we talked with Shaddy about how I'm okay with things sucking. Things yeah. things are allowed to suck. Like that's it's fine.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: But my my core idea is still let it all exist. Some of it can suck, that's fine, but let it all exist because we won't know what what is good and what is bad unless it all is a, is out there. Yes. The other thing on the other side is I mentioned real quickly before we start recording, but like Optimus Prime. How many times have I mentioned on the podcast that mm-hmm. my Optimus Prime does not rip heads off? It is not a killer. Right. That being said, what do I always say? He's not my Optimus Prime, but that's okay. Like, let the new generation like this face ripper Optimus Prime. That's not great, but I don't have to watch it. I don't have to like it. Like, I'm free in my actions.
0: We've talked about that in context, in particular, uh, Optimus and the the the, the sort of the strong man, Superman. Zack Snyder is probably the the biggest. He's not writing comic books, but he's making comic book movies. And Zack Snyder, to my mind, is who this comic book palace person is talking about, because Zack Snyder is projecting himself and his beliefs mm-hmm. onto Superman which are entirely contrary. So that that is not Superman. Superman's not an objectivist. He's not a killer. He's not any of those he's things. He's not a god. So so I have two minds he's not a god. So I have two minds about it. One is I I'm nodding my head. Comic book palace uh the store owner is right. This stuff does go on with superheroes. And on the other hand, I'm like you're the reason you're not citing any examples is because we're We're talking about certain characters, right? He does bring up, I want to be completely fair. He does bring up Miles, and he's not lumping Miles in with this type of a thing. But the reason that in the discourse that followed, which is no surprise, is primarily um, on the right side of the political spectrum in the comic book sphere, where this anger and, and, and this sort of typical bro stuff is going on about the palace being canceled. And I just want to say, too, when it comes to having these conversations, in the debate and discourse, any any like comments about this particular individual, the store owner, his appearance, his weight, his hair, has nothing to do with the conversation. And if you're making those comments, which some of you people did on Twitter, that's not fucking cool. That's not cool. If you disagree with him, that's fine. But when you get into this shit, and when you start, you know, making comparisons to him and the comic book guy from The Simpsons, that's not cool. And on the other side, on the other side of the spectrum, when you start talking about quote unquote cancel pigs and quote unquote woke this and that on the other side, and this this is why comic book stores are dying, because comic books are woke, and go woke, go broke. You don't know what you're talking about. Bottom line, guys, bottom line, if having women, people of color, LGBTQ, didn't sell, you know who wouldn't be in comic books, and wouldn't be in comic book movies? People of color, women, LGBTQ. Disney owns Marvel, it's been 10 years now, guys. Since Miles, since Gwen, since Miss Marvel, since all this stuff. If you took those characters away and you took that representation away, guess which audience is walking out of your comic book shop? And guess guess what's folding the next day? Your comic book shop. Because the comic book market in the States is held up entirely by an audience that is only fractionally the, the Gen X people that are bitching about all of this.
1: Yeah.
0: The reality is, is if you do not have young people who primarily are interested in comic books and they want to see themselves in comics, if you're not catering to that audience and you're catering to people like me, the minute I die, right, I'm out, you're closing. The reason that the shops are struggling is because your circulations are not high, your print runs are not high, like I said, all of it, costs are up, engagement is down, All of those things. I've said, I'm I'm sort of, there's a lot that goes into this, but manga in the United States is double the entire U.S. comic book market, Marvel, D.C. image. Mm -hmm. It's double. That's where young people primarily are. The fact that Marvel and D.C. are not chasing those dollars and is focused more on people like me is stupefying. It's (laughs) stupefying.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: I want to. I, if I'm Marvel in DC, and I'm comic book shops, and I want to survive, I want those people to come into the shops, and that means that having books that represent different perspectives, which they mostly do these days, and but that and that's not the reason. Comic, that's to me. That's the reason the comic book, the the superhero genre in particular, is thriving, is because it's diverse. If it was just repeating, because we've had that, we've had. Create, for me, creative malfunction in Peter Parker for 30 years. We've talked about it. We've done episodes about it. Please check it out, Spider-Man. Um, you've had periods uh, in the last 20 years where the X-Men are just very boring and, and and spinning their tires. And this last few years has been very creatively rewarding and fulfilling and brave. So that's been very exciting. It's also been the gayest that X-Men has ever been. And X-Men's been gay from day one. But this shit is crazy. I have a real quick anecdote about it. Maybe I'll, I'll bring it bring up, but that I, I did like I did the selling books at the comic book show in Davenport and I had a, a woman walked up to the table and she was wearing a, a purse and that she had made herself and she had mystique like uh, sewn on it from X Men. And right away I was like, Hey, did you just did you, are you hip? Or did did you just read X-Men this past week? So spoilers, uh, huge retcon, huge massive uh, thing with an uh, X-Men that it was just uh, it just the other a couple of weeks ago that uh, we've always known that Mystique is Kurt's mom. But there it was this question about who is his dad. And it was sort of established in a very bad comic in 2005 or so that his dad was uh, Azazel, who is the red sort of guy. People right. In remember X-Men, X-Men Origins. First Class. X-Men First Class. Well, they reconed it, which people wanted, and Chris Claremont always intended. Um, they reconed that Mystique and Destiny are Kurt's parents. Who's Destiny? Which, who is Destiny? <laughs> Destiny is the is uh, Raven's wife, and and she is the X Men villain who wears the gold mask and can see the future. Okay, if you remember her? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so mystique, mystique and Destiny have been a thing for a very long time, and it was always Claremont's intention that they are Kurt's parents and rogues by extension. And so finally they got this into the comics after 40some years of, uh, you know, talking about it and we all talked about it and we all knew it. And anyway, long story short, uh, this, per- this woman who was wearing the mystique per- I thought she would be excited for this development and she was angry of course and because she was like that just, it doesn't make any sense and and I was just like I was a little bit thrown because that's not what I was expecting so shame on me but I was like but I was like we don't know mystique presents as a woman but she can change and always has back and forth between a man and a woman we actually don't know if raven is a man or a woman actually doesn't matter mm. <laughs> right so by virtue of that we we understand that she and destiny conceived uh, Kurt. Um, and she was like, that's, she's like, that's just the stupidest thing ever. So I was like, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you, you know, I was like, it's, it's anyway, Marvel comics, X-Men is super gay. People are pretty cool with it. People dig it. It's fun. You know? Um, it's not the reason comic but it's actually a reason comic books are doing okay because you brought in a lot of people in the last couple of years with how gay X-Men has got, right? Mm. People dig it. Like, one thing that I
1: noticed for myself, and I, you know, we have talked about it before, but I, for a long time, I had stopped reading comics almost completely. <clears throat> but actually, it was through this podcast, I think, that I started buying, buying comics again and started reading them. Um and i've got my own quibbles with how comics are written these days just my own stuff but um and and actually i think i'll probably talk about it more when when and if we ever talk about what if, what if marvel's what if season 2 cuz my issue is actually the same with both of them
0: oh uh, well, um, we'll probably talk about it next week Yeah.
1: yeah so um but anyway like so I've been reading comics, and I think I am the worst customer of Marvel, uh, of com- <laughs> comics now. I think, like, based on what you had said several episodes prior, um, which is that I only buy the collected editions. Right? I, I, I can't buy the floppies. And part of that is location. Being in Japan, the floppies do not yeah. come here. So I, I dirt- can only buy the, the collected ones. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. But like for me, the self insert, regardless of the woke aspect, because I didn't even think about that part, but we tell people all the time, write what you know.
0: Yeah. So now we get to the other side of this.
1: (laughs) Right. I don't have a problem necessarily with people self inserting necessarily because write what you know. Right. So they know themselves. Right. But at the end of the day, to me, it always comes back to, is it good writing? Like, sure, Peter Parker may not act the way that he acted in the 60s, but times they be a changing. And is it still a good story? Is it still like, does it flow? Is it coherent? And for me, I'm finding that a lot of a lot of comics don't have a coherent story.
0: Right, like, can we talk about specific examples? Like in this, with this rant, um, do we have things we're talking about? Because there's plenty of comics that are unsuccessful. You know, I'll read it and I'll be like, yeah, right. That, did, like, that didn't land for me. It has nothing to do with the writer putting themselves into it. As a writer, it's simply impossible that aspects of yourself will not go into the story. It's ludicrous to think. That this is a phenomenon which is just recently developed.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: These same people who their childhood and in and, and everything is the X Men and everything forget evidently Chris Claremont, who put so much of himself into X Men, is to the point where he's the subject of uh, of you know scholar of uh, scholarly scholarly discourse. And there was just a book that was just came out that was written about the Claremont run. But that has to do with dissecting the, you know, in the same way that books have been written about Joyce and things like that. Because Claremont is that kind of a writer. And his faith, his sexuality, question mark, now for me to speculate on. But Claremont invested, as the all the great Alan Moore, invested themselves into characters that have nothing... Have nothing to do with themselves, and um, but the thing that we associate with the great writers and we remember is vision and point of view. So when you say, as the comic book palace guy did, just write Steve Rogers, just write to Tony Stark, which is the equivalent of shut up and dribble. Right. It it's it's myopic and it completely. And it completely is in contrast to what you understand to the great writers you were just talking about in the sentence preview. Yeah. The reason the Watchmen is the Watchmen is because of Alan Moore and his vision. His authorial voice and point of view. The reason that the X-Men is the X-Men is because of Chris Claremont. The reason that I'm a, such a big fan of Tom King right now, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow books we've talked about, Mr. Miracle... Is because of Tom King. He's a writer. He's an author. He has a voice. He has a vision. He has a point of view. I like it. It it speaks to me. Right. It's not just another comic book. I know what those comic books are. Those are those guys just show up and they turn in their twenty-two pages and they get their paycheck and they move on. You've had that since day one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's fine. That's 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 how it is, and. 90% of everything, books, comics, movies, is that. And then 10% of it is the the people we remember. And the reason we hold on to them, William Shakespeare, is because Shakespeare is Shakespeare. Let's get get real. Yeah, I mean,
1: when you... Like, we've mentioned this before as well about the idea of um, these characters are so corporate-managed that you'll never see... Like Steve Rogers, you'll never see him break the Disney Marvel mold. Never of, of him. He'll never for example, Steve Rogers will never kick a puppy. Because Or
0: or if Disney he does, it was John it. Walker it was John Walker in disguise, right? Right.
1: So for me that's my issue is these characters which are so paramount to so many people's lives, they are so corporate managed and sanitized that their stories are quite limited in what you can do.
0: Which is why these characters, these legacy characters, one reason, major reason why they exist.
1: Right. Is to give that freedom. And so for me, I'm all about it. And if anyone does want to self insert, I have no problem with it. It may not be my cup of tea, but I'm okay with things sucking.
0: One of the things that I'm interested in is you have you, you have the variant thing in the multiverse within the MCU and Marvel Comics these days, but really it is the, the, the double. And so I'm fascinated by this idea. I always have been. And one way it, it used to appear in comic books was, you know, the, 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 the evil version, the mirror universe Spock, Spock with the right. goatee, goatee means you're a bad person. <laughs> so like, so I'm fascinated by that, and in comic books, I'm fascinated by by the trope, and by how that manifests and mm-hmm. things like that, and the mask, and and all of those things, and it has a specific function in comics, in the superhero genre in particular. I have so many thoughts about it. They're all kind of they're kind of ta- they're kind of tangled up, but like. It, i'm reading right now i'm reading monica which is the new daniel Klaus graphic novel and it as with everything it's extraordinary this idea that you know the self-insert is bad daniel Klaus, harvey p Carr, R. crumb these guys these paragons of art in the comic book and in the in, the, in cartooning all their work is a self-insert mm-hmm. they're they're, they're creating avatars of themselves or in some cases it's just themselves right Harvey Picar, it's just, you know, American Splendor. It's just himself. Right. (laughs) So what are we talking about? Like if we want to have specific conversation about a specific comic book and a character where I think, you know, someone is just is just kayfabing as themselves or putting on Batman's uniform and they're running around which gets into the mary sue thing
1: right and this is Um, where the other thing that i was going to ask you what is the difference between the mary sue of it and the self-insertion of it
0: the difference is is that one segment of the audience is mary Sueing as batman and spider-man and they have been since they were children and now now they can't (laughs) now that now now they can't because here come here come all these people who are coming in and they're changing all my shit and like now you know now it's not the same okay now it's it's not the same they want to make batman different than he is batman is not different than he has been in the last 60 years you have maturity in in some of the stories and the form and things like that but batman actually of all the superhero characters is the one who changes the least he's just batman you have everything changing around him we've done episodes check those out too on harley quinn harley quinn is the biggest change agent in in superhero comic books she's absolutely a wrecking ball she's destroyed everything she comes in contact with with the exception of batman because batman is batman and will never change because he's worth billions of dollars right (laughs) so but if she comes into contact with anything in the comic book she changes it poison ivy is the 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 biggest uh example of that and harley is the biggest example of modern comics is that modern comics aren't static they're changing they're evolving they have to for reasons that are obvious and ones that aren't and so it's not 1980 it's not 1961. comic books aren't 12 cents they're 12 dollars. There's no kid who's going to walk in off the street with twelve dollars and lay down for a single comic book. What comic book would that be? The comic books are impenetrable, like because the you were you just referenced the fact that you're buying these mostly in collected editions. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a consequence of the, of the way that publishing has changed and the way that Marvel and DC make most of their money, which is through the trades. The only reason the floppy still exists is because of people like me. is because they won't abandon the format. The format, the reader, the modern reader, has largely abandoned this mm-hmm. because they want the collected edition. And especially if you're coming into this from manga, you want the digest, the, little, the manga format, which is uh, smaller still. Mm -hmm. um the floppy exists to service a certain fan base which is diminished and because it shrinks the price goes up the price goes up the audience shrinks the price goes up you see what's happening guys basic that's what's it's basic economics and then and then we're angry we're not angry at that we're angry at brown people coming in and stealing our characters um I don't care who's writing the character as so long as it's good. I don't. It doesn't matter. if, and Like you just said, if, if I don't like it, I don't like it. And that's cool. That's that's the end of it. And there's a lot I don't like.
1: I mean, I, I'm know. sure that in the... What, what are we talking about? 60 years of comics? 70 years of comics? Some quick mathing. Um, I'm sure that there have been writers who have self-inserted And holy crap, that made the characters so much better. We're keeping it as canon.
0: Oh, always. Right? Always. A a, a great writer's tics and uh, uh, point of view quirks, things like that. They they brand brand characters. Uh, Chris Claremont, Alan Moore, Steve Gerber, Jim Starlin, Tom King... I can go on and on and on. Stan Lee, yeah. Um, you know, Stan Lee is someone we sort of just take for granted, and we shouldn't because he's a complicated figure. But just bare bones, he, he he's so much of Stan is in these characters, particularly Peter Parker. And people forget it because we you get you get older, and you, you're you know as you're nearing middle age, or you are middle aged, or you're beyond, you forget. You just remember what you loved and um, you're not thinking about it critically because when you're, when you're just so, when something is so romantic and tied up in, 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 you know, things that are, you remember fondly, you don't tend to think of it critically. So you're not doing a podcast about it where you're dissecting these things the way that we do or ones that like, you know, oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow, where, you know, Anna, and um mav and those guys are, are are breaking down like on a critical scholarly level these right. comic books you're just not doing it and you're and then if your politic political persuasion is such that you're you feel that you know that you have this sort of mentality where you know you're, you're sick of all the diversity and everything like that well then i to me that just pollutes the conversation. Because do you actually want to have a... Like I said, do you have examples? The comic palace guy, do you have examples? I would love to talk about those examples. And I would love to talk about Zack Snyder. and Because I, I think we're actually talking about the same thing, right? But But then that gets polluted by all this woke crybaby stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And then on the other side, as I said, if you come into it from the other side and your only reaction to that is that, you know, oh, you're a comic book guy, fat comic book store, ha, 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 that's junk. There's no place for any of it. There's no place for any of it. But that's everything these days. We can't have these conversations anymore in a nuanced fashion. You can't have, you know, everything is woke. Everything is, is like, you know, the, the, everything is about a, a person's individual anxieties.
1: But here's the thing about woke though. What is the actual definition according to freaking oh, Ron God. DeSantis's lawyer of woke?
0: I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. The legal all they say definition, is woke 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 woke.
1: According to Ron DeSantis's lawyer in court under under oath, <laughs> the legal definition is an awareness of the systems and how they promote uh, discrimination and how they promote uh, systemic oppression. <laughs> That's it. That's it.
0: I'll just say, suffice to say, I would kind of want to keep it to comics, but of course it's very difficult. If you are a racist, <laughs> if you are a homophobe, <laughs> right? You're not. If you're a homophobe, if you're a transphobe, if you hate democracy, and you resent free speech you probably are triggered by a lot and so if you choose to then invest your time and energy into something like comic books in this battle in comic books i i don't know i don't know what to tell you um comic books have always been a laboratory for progression In society they've always been reflective of, of the moment um they always will be so long as they exist because in america art is art and so if it's good art or bad art it's it's always art and so good art tends to tip over to lean this way into progressivism on some level in some way whether that's the form or the content within the form and sometimes the great ones both right and those all, all the great comics that we talk about we stop at every single stoplight in every one of these conversations on the same three or four comic books and what they all have in common is they have in common they they progress the form they progress the content and the things in it whether that was a political discourse had some you know advanced something to do with a character diversity increasingly these days or subject matter you know are we talking about things like in the 1970s where comics tried and failed to comment on feminism and racism and civil rights and things like that we think now of them as so clumsy but were so important because they tried they flailed sure but they tried black panther Dr- luke cage black panther black panther today and they did they did we forget People like oh, you know, but but this conversation I said earlier, this this stuff has always been going on. Black Panther was in the day they they used different terminology, but people were furious to the point where Stan wrote one of his most famous soapboxes. He wrote a soapbox in every uh, every month in Marvel Comics, and he's like, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah, it's 1968. Pretty straightforward, right? Pretty straightforward. Imagine we're like today, you know. All these, you know, go woke, go these, all these guys on YouTube are screaming, go woke, go broke, and Stan, They said the same thing to Stan Lee back when that was real, really, really fraught, and he was like, go pound sand. That was fifty years ago. He's Marvel Comics is fine. They're fine. Black Panther fifth. Highest-grossing movie of all time. Go woke, go broke. Yeah, no. The problem. The problem isn't characters that are of color, that are gay, that are whatever, that are people of color are writing them or anything like that. That's not the problem. That's never been the problem. Stanley, Stanley Lieber, Jewish American guy, created your childhood. Jack Kirby, Jewish American guy, created your childhood. Jerry Siegel, Joel Schuster jewish american guys created your childhood get real guys anyway that's my soapbox but it's not the it's not the problem it's never been the problem the the, the, you know the if these these sort of issues and, and concerns that people have is is you know you have a you have a generation the generation x which is which is aging and a little bit aging out of some of these things, and then we're holding on. We, we're living in a political moment where everything is uh, screaming and, and setting things on fire. And then you have an industry which its economic model is in distress because of, uh, the, like I said, printing costs, shrieking audience, printing costs. But well, it's was... diffused also into Kickstarter and things we mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, like... With the internet age as well, it's much easier to distribute digital comics, uh, for one. And two, comics were always, I'm not going to say supposed to be, but comics were always cheap. Like, they were made out of pulp paper using the four-color printing. Like, they were always cheap. And then, what happened? 15 years ago, it, like, skyrocketed.
0: Well, this has been going on for a while, but yeah, but it, it's, it, it's the, this happens in toys too, in collectibles. It's, it's making collectible out of, out of these things is turned them into, turn them into some, the, the newsstand kid lays down 10, 15 cents to buy a con and turns them into a, a $10 luxury item or mm-hmm. even more expensive in some cases um that has more to do with trying to service an audience which is i find th- there's a lot in modern comics which is really boring the most boring thing is it is chasing the dragon of uh, people like me in our generation with all these variant covers and and tribute covers and limited edition foil covers i personally think that's boring i, I don't care i don't care about any of it i want great stories Will I buy comics just for the covers yeah I do it all the time for Peach Momoko and Harley covers and things like that but that's super specific I don't care about you know making a a, a, a limited run of one like 100 copies of a foil cover of what name a comic book that you can only get at New York Comic-Con and, and everybody's like this is the only thing that matters the The market has really gone weird because it's servicing the wrong things. It's caring about the wrong things. I mean, it's if, all if,
1: speculation.
0: It's speculation. It's the same thing that happened in the '90s. Has happened in the last couple of years, and now that that's those those uh, that's coming home to roost. What I think the comic book palace guy is saying, and a lot of people are saying, is is if, if you just make great stories with great characters, that's all that matters, which I think is true. It's always it's true of anything. If you make a great story, people will check it out, right? That's all they really care about. They don't care about the frills. They don't care about this or that. And it has to be accessible. It has to be accessible. The MCU is the big one of the biggest, if not the biggest success story, success story in the history of cinema. Its cardinal sin is that it did not translate that uh, success down into, into the comic, comic book Yep. Instead, the MCU is subsidizing Marvel comic books instead of making them the biggest game in town. When when they when it's all said and done, and they look back on that, they're 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 gonna regret that because the comic books are the pipeline into the MCU, not the other way. And, and not you know like you've got to you've got to create this thing that all these old guys are belly aching about. It's like all these new people come into it, yeah. And it was us when it was us back in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, you, you have to bring new people into it and you have to cater to new audiences and those new audience have different tastes. It's not that they don't like Spider-Man. They love Spider-Man. They just want a little bit different. So that means, can we adjust Peter a little bit or actually now, well, now we have miles and now we have Gwen. And so the augment, the audience is segmented a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And the same is kind of true with Batman in which we have different Batman sort of avatars but not really but that the Batman galaxy is so big that people just come into, you know Harley Harley's her own segment of the Batman universe so that's that's really what's happened it's just splintered it's just fragmented a little bit Okay um, so
1: real quickly yes. how would how what could the MCU have done to drive sales to co- to the comics or put it another way, what could the Christopher Nolan Batman movies have done to drive sales towards the Batman comics?
0: Why isn't the why isn't every single MCU movie running during the credits that we're all sitting through to get to the post credit scene? Why aren't they running an ad for the comic books? Go to your did you enjoy this movie? Go to your comic book shop to, to read this comic book, which it's based on. Mm. Why aren't we doing that? We're finding that Darby comes onto every podcast in the last three years, and it's like, well, this was based on that. Here's chapter and verse on that. But that that's, that's leveraging my knowledge and my fandom. That's not speaking to a new generation. I've had this happen. People are like, I've been on podcasts. People are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, go read this. And then they go read it. Marvel could do it just by, like, go check this out. Go check this out. You know, Civil War. At the end of Civil War, go check out the Civil War comics. Whatever. Go to your local comic book shop. Support your local comic book shop. Mm-hmm. If you had 10% of the MCU audience do that, Jesus. But they don't do that. One thing James Gunn, is in his just very brief time so far as the head of DC, is constantly talk up the comics constantly check this out check out these comics you don't get a ton of that from marvel which clearly loves the comic kevin fight obviously comic book nerd extraordinaire but they don't really talk about them they don't it's not really christopher nolan you you asked about that talked constantly about batman year one dark knight returns during that period there he was making the trilogy but didn't feature right like i said if he had run an ad at, at the end of that or DC would just run an ad. Uh, you have to sit through twenty minutes of ads these days to get to the fucking movie. <laughs> like <laughs> if DC just ran an ad, or Marvel ran an ad before the movie is with the trailers, like check out these comic books. Check out your local comic book shop. You're all here. You're here opening night, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, go go to your comic book shop and check this stuff out. There's so many great things happening. There's so, you know, did you like this? Did you love The Dark Knight? One of the greatest films ever made. Did you know that it's based in part on some of these classic comic books? Check them out. Check out what's happening in, in Batman right now. So why aren't they? I don't know. I part of it is is clearly from a corporate point of view. They don't view it. They I've heard from comic book creators that they that Marvel in particular views the comic book simply as an IP laboratory, as opposed to anything else. Uh, um, okay. But they don't view it as essential as as the as the movies, which I think is, and you know, I, I think is criminal. Yeah, majorly to their detriment. It is in the long term health because it it's the folks the the MCU like I said is gigantic that audience global audience is gigantic and if you drove them to comics you would be you know you would be sitting pretty they just haven't done it and um it's it 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 it, it's weird yeah from you know it's just weird well like one thing that
1: i was noticing i was in the uh the bookstore the other day actually and one thing that i've noticed over the past couple years or so is that the comic section is getting smaller and smaller it used to be a couple a couple racks then it was a single rack and now even the shelves are like maybe half full like it's just getting smaller and smaller over time like
0: what's going on well I, I think here anyway I, I think it, it's you know the the most of comic book's money comes from bookstores, Barnes and Noble, things like that. Um, the problem with the traditional comic book here in the states is manga in terms of market share. Manga ha- its presence in the bookstore has doubled in the last five years. And that is real estate that that, that the that the comic book, the American comic book, superhero comic book, is losing uh, to manga. DC is at the very least caught wind of this. This is a great example of classic uh, corporate sloth-like reactions that next year, DC is going to start issuing classic comic books, Watchmen, etc. in the manga format. Mm -hmm. And that's a deliberate, which they need to do. It's crass, but they have to do it. They have to get these comics in front of that audience. And hopefully, hopefully that leads to them maybe experimenting with original stories and going like things like that. But manga is just exploded, uh, you know, uh, here in the States. Uh, you know, this is a really a long process that started in, when I was a kid in the 1980s. But this generation now, that's where their primary focus is at. And we're and still talking
1: about physical media, though. What about like, yeah, what about Internet sales? comiXology um, and that kind of stuff.
0: It The the funny thing, man, with publishing in general uh, is that the, the e-book, the digital comic, things like that simply didn't stick. So about 10 years ago, there was this anxiety that everything was going to be digital and print was dead and things like that. Print has never been bigger. Mm-hmm. Print has never been bigger. That Barnes & Noble, which pre-pandemic was wobbly and in rough shape, his... Never been healthier than it is right now. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I can speak personally as an independent author uh, that print uh, print is really honestly it's gone from an afterthought personally to actually where it's at. So I would not have said that a couple of years ago. I would not have thought that, but it is really flipped over. And uh, young people want the physical. Older people want the physical. It's what they grew up with. Uh, the the book is going nowhere. The book is actually better off now than it ever has been, which is, I, I shouldn't say bizarre, but it, it's unexpected, mm-hmm. you know, unexpected. Yeah, so I think I think what people are learning in general is that there, as much as we love digital media and we consume it, there's an anxiety about it. And that anxiety is stemmed from I don't actually own it and I don't have it and we're people, so we're tactile and we, we need to have it. And that, oh. is gonna, that is leading to, obviously, the health of print, but also things like DVDs, which have been on their way out, that are now going to get a stay of execution because people are ang- anxious about streaming.
1: Well, I can tell you on my side what's happening uh, and the reason that I've switched over to uh, physical media myself. Like, for example, the the one thing I really like about reading digital comics is that you can zoom in. And then it takes you to the next panel. Because sometimes when I'm reading comics, I am reading the panels in the wrong order. And I get all confused. And then I go <laughs> yeah. back. I'm like, oh, crap. I was supposed to read across, not vertical. Like, it, it's a mess. So I do like that part of, of the digital media. But physical media, we're talking streaming like when it comes to like movies and stuff, streaming, how many, uh, movies or properties have disappeared from Netflix? You know, you, you put things in the watch later, you're going to get to it one of these days and then
0: it's gone. This is where the anxiety is stemming from in large measure. It's also the corporations are realizing that they're, they're pissing away a revenue stream. This is another corporate. What are you doing? Why, why aren't you exploiting this, you know, instead of making money once from streaming, why aren't we focusing everything on getting people to double and triple dip? So we've done that for 40 years, but now we don't want to. What? Um, so you have that. So you have, and then Best Buy announced there a couple months ago that they were no going to, no longer going to carry DVDs. Oh, Beth- Really? Best Buy and that led to this immediate sort of like people realized how dire this was and people want physical media the DVD will stay the Blu-ray will stay around people want it the corporations one want to exploit your wallet and two you just want it you want to be able to go to the movie theater and watch Godzilla minus one and then be able when that comes out to buy and watch it in your home and not streaming and not on streaming because if it's on streaming I'm here to tell you guys you will forget it yeah You will forget it's there. You'll get bored. You'll get overwhelmed by 30,000 other choices. And if your significant other has any sort of form of ADHD at all, you will never watch that movie unless you can physically pick it up off yourself and put it in the DVD player.
1: Well, along those lines, that's, that's another thing too, right? Like when you have people coming over to visit, looking at your wall of collection is, is inviting, People want to look at like the entire wall and what you what you bought, what you collect. On the other hand, people do not want to look at another screen and scroll through thumbnails of what you have.
0: You will waste that hour and a half, two hours that you were going to watch watching a movie in fucking infinite scrolling. Yep. Infinite scrolling. It's a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare. Nobody wants to do it. And they certainly don't want to do it when everything, every, everything's a streamer and everything's a platform and blah blah blah. And actually, people, there, there's a real here in the states anyway. I Can't speak to the rest of it. There's a there's there's a tide shift here and where people like, okay, we did streaming. That was COVID. We were sitting at home. And now I, I'm you know, and a plus I just want my shit. So yeah. that's turning back the other way, which it has with uh, books and with uh, music vinyl. That's I think to be expected. So I think you're going to see a, a sea change there, and uh, with the comic book though, um, I, I think the floppy is in danger. The single issue is in danger uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, comic books aren't going anywhere, but the the ap- economic model behind the the floppy is in danger. But with Kickstarter, with eBooks, um, with digital, I should say, the floppy I think will will sustain and will, will continue because it's a format that people want, and plus. Kickstarter will allow you to do whatever formats, and then there's a, a lot of things on printing that I won't bore people with, the technical details that will allow f- floppies to be just fine in that model. And then also the diversification that that, the, that that allows, allows diverse creators and things like that. That also allows the people who are angry with the self-inserts and the wokeness to make their own comics, which they are. There's a lot of those guys are making their own comics, and that's kind of where I'm at. My thing is, if you don't like the comics, if you can't stand comics, then write your own, make your own. And I get it, not everybody could do it. I can't draw. If I could draw, I've said before, I think all this stuff would just be comic books. Yeah, for but for me, that's kind of you,
1: my biggest criticism about Comic Palace or whatever that guy's shop is, is that he is telling writers not to write like. He has a lot of opinions about what writers should or should not be doing, but, dude, you sell comic books. Put up or shut up. Put up your own comic. Like, you're, you're well, criticizing self-inserts. Well, okay. You write a Steve Rogers story.
0: Put that out there. If you're so inclined, um, do that. Uh, maybe you're not that's fine too um i think as if i'm marvel and dc and the comic book companies i probably care a well, about what retailers are saying and thinking i probably care about that mm-hmm. you should care about it um
1: if it's an informed opinion
0: if it's an informed opinion and, I, and this guy's owned his shop for over 30 years and i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to running his business When it comes to things like self-inserts and characters and things like that, that's where I want to have a conversation with them and have that conversation, the, the, the brought up the things I brought up just a little bit ago with authorial voice and perspective and things like that. And the fact that, you know, what are we actually talking about? Because Watchmen, this book that we hold up as gospel, it simply doesn't exist if not for Alan Moore. Um, and you know, the reason we love that book is because that's his perspective on a very specific thing. And the fact that there are a lot of imitators to Watchmen, but no successors is because of Alan Moore. Right. But I would want to have that conversation. It wouldn't be antagonistic. It, It wouldn't be, Fire, brimstone, things like that. Like that's, you know, if I was in the comic book shop, if I was in, if I was a customer in his comic book shop, and he said that, I would want to have the conversation we're having right now. And for me, it would just be having a conversation, like what exactly are you talking about. And then I bet you he would trot out an example. He'd be like this particular book, and I would be able to say yay or nay. You know, unless it and we could have out that. He's
1: com- actually, you know, being racist.
0: Right, which I don't think because he cites specifically Miles, um, you know, in Sexist. in his comments. Um, but I like having these conversations. I had I do have these conversations in the comic book shop, you know, and talking about you know, and like one of the things I've been talking about. I know we're getting long, so maybe final thought. I know you want to talk about Princess Weeks too. So we haven't talked about that. But, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Um. One, of the, you know, I'm. I mentioned earlier a little bit ago X Men this revival in X Men the last few years has been great. The last year or so is not. The it's really kind of. It lost its focus, and, and the joy has gone out of it for me personally. I don't know what's happening in X Men right now, other than Mystique and Destiny had a baby, or they had Kurt fifty years ago. Right. It. So I I'm disappointed in that, but that's a conversation about sort of right now the the quality and the focus. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with wokeism.
1: Yeah, like I said, woke quote wokeness has never was never part of my radar on on this one oh it's Uh, just boring yeah uh, yeah i i I don't really have any new final thought just let things suck don't buy if you don't like it like (laughs) it's fine (laughs) Like things are allowed to not be good like it's okay the world will move on i promise
0: yeah, you know, if you're a comic book shop owner and your bottom line depends on things not sucking, I, I get that anxiety. I really do. I'm not a person who wants to see local comic book shops disappear. That's the last thing I want. Yeah, but there's um, a
1: way to, like, allow things to suck and still make business off of it or promote it.
0: There always has been because, right? my God, dude, things have always sucked. <laughs> exactly. <Right>? So <laughs> we will get through this. So, yeah, I mean, you know, but like I said, most of comic book history along with, you know, like everything else is just a bunch of suck. And it's the great things we remember and love and treasure and that we're kind of wanting for right now. But, guys, guess what? Final thought for me, for real. Um, We're never going to get another Watchmen. We're never going to get another Claremont run. I don't even care. I don't even want it. I got it. I don't want it. I don't need it. I got mine. I'm good. Well,
1: I did hear that the Watchmen Netflix TV show is really good.
0: Oh, the HBO?
1: Oh, is it HBO? Yeah. And it's it is
0: fantastic.
1: Right? And it's not the comic book. It is completely different from the comic.
0: It's completely different. It it's sort of a sequel to the comic book, but it's 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 fantastic. Absolutely people check that out. I, I think it's a really good example of taking something you love and putting <gasps> your personal stamp on it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, darbyharn.com. I'm also on Twitter at darbyharn. Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast?
1: You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.